Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, uh, I've neglected the mailbag for a while, and so I wanted to get into it and uh, answer questions that people have, because I think... Your questions are probably the most interesting. So if you want to send me a question, uh, either to be answered personally, and many times I'll email back or I'll call you on the phone and discuss it because it's really deep, uh, or I'll just answer it on the radio, one of, one of the three different ways, or maybe all of them. And if you want to send that to me, just send it to askdell at com. That's askdell at com. Start today's show with an email that reads like this. After many years, my wife and I agreed uh, we should invest in real estate in a way that minimizes our time commitment. Okay, so there you go. Time commitment's important. I work as a database developer and consultant. I write stories and novels, and I study Hebrew. Plus, I do all the shopping, most of the cleaning, and other stuff. Sounds like he's a house hubby, okay? Between my work and Social Security, we bring in somewhere around $180,000 a year and have about 150 in cash we can roughly invest, 145 in our home equity. So he's got about $300,000 looks like. In truth, and by the way, that's if they're willing to take the home equity out of the home or can pull it out. In truth, I'm 71 years old. I'm athletic with health challenges that I have so far overcome and managed successfully. Thank God. Hey, everybody at 70 has health challenges. The body isn't the same. So we're all in that same boat right here. I'm that age. I mean, stuff just starts falling off your body, and you have to learn to live with it. Uh, By my estimate, to replace my after-tax income with passive investments requires us to have $2 million invested with a cash flow at 5%. I'm certain I can never save that much. The question is, Mr. Wamsley, how do I get there? Well, I want to answer this question, and um, I want to answer it first theoretically, and then I want to get into the details because we can solve this problem. It says, I wrote him back, I said, when you get to our age, the thought is that we should be able to sit back and enjoy life. However, if you approach, if your approach to finances has only gotten you 150000 in savings, it just won't happen at a 5% return. You're going to have to have the money to get in real estate deals that produce 50 to 100% returns. You will need to do that repeatedly until you have an amount of money that has 5% return will satisfy your needs. If you don't understand how to do this, join the program. We'll show you how thousands have done it. So there's the generic answer that I sent back with him. And here's what I really want to get across is that the reason the 5% number is coming out right now is because you can get a savings account online at 5, 5.5%. I've got them anywhere from 45 to 5.5%, so 5 is a good average. Uh, so what he's saying is if I'm going to produce the amount of income that I'm living off right now, replace it, I'm going to have to uh, have $2 million, right? And that makes sense. That's good math, right? But here's the real problem with all that. It doesn't make any sense. He's 71 years old. He's already collecting Social Security. So you, you think about that. 
he, he works as a database developer consultant, so he's earning some income. He writes stories and novels. He studies Hebrew. That has irrelevant. The, the big part is he's working as a database developer consultant. He's 71 years old. He's still working. That's what he has to replace. We don't know how much his Social Security is. So at 71 years of age, you should be able to pull full Social Security out. So now what you're looking at is you're looking at, okay, I've got to replace the rest of it. One of the things to understand is if you earn real estate money or earn income from real estate, your earned income is tax-free. Now, that means that if you're earning 100000 a year, you only need to earn anywhere from sixty to 70000 a year, depending on where you l- live, how much your uh, income taxes are, and how much your state income taxes are. You also have to pay Social Security and Medicare, which you don't pay on real estate investing. Then there's whatever portion of Social Security that would pick up and cover. He's working. What happens when you draw Social Security and you work, you have to pay income taxes on your Social Security. So if you earn passively and your tax return shows that you earn no income because you're earning it all passively covered by depreciation, uh, I think that you would have a better situation with your Social Security. And I'm not a CPA, so I don't know that for sure. But you show no income on your tax return. So they stop taxing you on your Social Security. So again, you're better off in another way there again. But the next point that I want to get across is the one I made to him, which was, you know, you got $150,000. It isn't going to get you to $100,000 a year of income. You need more money. And to do that, you need to go into some deals that are not so passive. You need to go into some deals where you go in there, like buy a couple single-family houses. So if you take... The 300000 that's the 150 he has to invest plus the 150 he has in his house. And by the way, the money in your house is earning you nothing. And you take that $300,000 and you go buy a set of houses or one small apartment and double that value in a year or two. Because when you're buying houses, you're going to double it right up front. It's going to be anywhere from 100 200% return if you do the deals right. That's captured equity, which we've explained to you many times on this show. Then there's cash flow. That's a secondary thing. The cash flow on these deals could be as high as 10 to 15%. Now, double the amount of equity you have from 300,000 to 600,000 and then up it to 15% return instead of a 5% return. So you've got now 150 plus 170, we'll say 300,000. You double that to 600,000. Uh, that takes you one year to do, maybe two years to do. If you do a multifamily, it could take you two to three years, but single family would be instant. And then you'll multiply this times point one five, fifteen percent return instead of five percent return, and you're making ninety thousand dollars a year. But wait, that ninety thousand dollars a year is tax free. So that would be an equivalent to a hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. Also take away the taxes from your social security. Bingo bango, you're there. Next one is uh, a couple days back I did an article or did a piece on um these um Lura deals, which is where their uh, tax credits tied to the property um, that only go to the people who develop the property. The people who buy the property after that have, are stuck in all kinds of problems that I went a whole show on. You can look it up. Uh, but he said he calls me or sent me an email, says, um, thank you, Dell, for a recent podcast. Steer clear of these transactions. As an accredited investor, I recently received an offer on one of these properties located in Decatur, Texas. Although the expected returns look really good, I steered clear from it 
knowing that eventual sale will be complicated due to the non-transferability of the governmental benefits of this property. Very good. And the Purple Martians, he said. Very good idea uh, to stay away from this deal. Uh, The other thing I want you to understand is that he might have just avoided a disaster at some point in his life. People think that because you listen to these radio shows, and I think it's not just listen to radio shows, it's listen to anything, radio, TV, anybody that's trying to change your mind about something, is that people fall into this category of either being totally skeptical, there's no way, none of this works, it's all a scam, it's it's never going to work, I know, because I've failed three times at three different things i tried. Well, you tried three stupid things, or... You tried three good things that you didn't really work at well enough. You gave up on them or you wouldn't follow the directions correctly. And so you failed three times. Um, And now your spouse is skeptical that everything you touch is terrible. Now, the counter to that is, is that many times everything is terrible if you're that kind of a person that makes these giant mistakes. And my goal for 34 years of teaching this stuff to people was to try to take type A, people who do crazy stuff, they get excited, they get motivated, and try to slow them down enough to stop and look at what they're doing with their money before they do it and make wise decisions. Give you as much information as I can about what those wise decisions would be, and many times the wise decisions are completely counterintuitive of what you would think they would be. And so it's very difficult for type A's charging at 1,000 miles an hour. I mean, every motivational speaker out there tells people to charge at a thousand miles an hour. I mean, Tony Robbins, fire, ready, aim. That's his saying, right? Um, Mark Cuban, if you're not a billionaire right now, you haven't failed enough times. You got to get out there and fail and fail and fail. Cuban didn't start failing until after he was a billionaire. He created one software company. That software company sold for billions. Yeah, it was a great idea. At a great point in time where there was nothing like it around, he did it, he got lucky. And then after that, Almost every, I think it was 70 or 80% of every deal he got into on Shark Tank has failed. Just unbelievably bad rate of return on the stuff he's done. Why? Because he's really just a crazy type A personality. You see him get up and run out there and tell people, if you do it, do it right now. Don't, that's just the way he works. And so a lot of type A's, they just shoot from the hip like that. I feel like this is a good one. They shoot, boom, it's a bad one. So a lot of people that go into real estate, even though they've heard me and gotten some good ideas, obtained some good ideas, a better way to say that, um, they then go out and do whatever they want to do, which is wrong, and they lose money. And so in this particular case, this gentleman listened to what I had to say. When I do a two-day seminar, and when most of my other people do a two-day seminar, we always fit it in there somewhere in the beginning of the seminar, turn to the back of the book and write this in. I will not do what Dell said to do. And that's the problem. It's not that the information isn't out there to be able to create very safe investments. Nothing's absolutely safe. We all know that. You know, the Fed just messed with us hard by messing around with the interest rates. But those people that did it right are not hurting right now. It's only those people that chose to charge forward in a world that was already visibly not a place to be. And I've had arguments with these people. They say, oh, nobody could have known the Fed was going to do this. My friends, the Fed was signaling what they were going to do well in advance. And anybody had any common sense could see that the prices people were paying for real estate were over 
way over what they should be. These people were buying stuff on pro forma numbers, which means they're not even real. Somebody made them up, and they're buying this stuff with interest rates that are so low that if the interest rate ever changed, you couldn't pay the payments on it. You paid too much for it, right? Everybody knew that. Oh, no, they said nobody knew that. Nobody could see that. And I'm saying everybody could see that. But the reason they did it anyway is because they wanted the fees. So when you get into these deals, people are either living with irrational exuberance. You know, everything I've ever done worked. Why would it ever stop working? I'm a brilliant, genius real estate investor. I see that all the time. Or the other one is they just don't have any idea. Well, the you know, Dell said it's really a good time to buy real estate. No. I said real estate's a good thing to buy. I didn't say it's a good time to buy real estate. I said real estate's a good thing to buy. Now, by the way, right now I'm telling you that real estate is a good time to buy real estate because the prices have come back down 20 to 40% across the board. So, my friends, you know, that's part of the problem. And the solution is simply follow the directions. Uh, When someone is trying to tell you that you should do something that you've heard me tell you not to do, like this gentleman did, or common sense tells you not to do, then use your common sense. Because you can lose money investing in real estate, just like you can lose money investing in the stock market. Now, I'll tell you what I've always liked about real estate. Up until when the Fed just destroyed everybody in about a six-month period of time, real estate was much slower than the stock market. And what that means is, is that... I could see this stuff coming. I could see the prices were getting too high, that the cash flows were next to nothing, that the potential capital gains were almost zero because you're already overpaying for what it's worth. So even if you did some good stuff and made the property worth more, it wasn't worth more because you paid what it would be worth if you actually did all the good stuff. I could see all that. So I didn't buy anything that would fit into that mode at all. I started buying something different. Still real estate, but different than apartments because they just didn't work at that time. Um, I told people what I was buying. I didn't hide it. I told everybody, you know, I was buying something different. And now I'm back buying apartments again because now they've fallen 20 to 40% in value. I could see that. I told everybody that would listen to me that it was happening, but no, they didn't want to do that. What did they want to do? They wanted to do what they wanted to do. And in most cases, it's because of fees. If you go with a syndicator and they put a deal together, they get paid fees, money. They make money even if the project makes no money. So think about how bummed out you would be if you were losing money in a project that your syndicator was making money on every day. Not the place to be. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Teaching you with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's gonna crash. It's gonna be better next year. It's, I've gotta to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? <laughs> well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. Do it now. 
Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're in the mailbag. The next uh, email that I have here is a gentleman's younger gentleman, which is interesting because he says he lived, he heard about us through his landlord. Now. So in other words, one of our Lifestyles members was kind enough to talk to their tenant and say, hey, look, uh, you need to think this through. You know, being a tenant is a fine thing to be, but at some point in your life, you're going to want to think about owning a home. So uh, he said he realized a long time ago that real estate was the only way to create any reliable wealth. And I don't know how he could realize that at age 20-something, but um, good for him. It's really not the only way. There are lots of ways to make a lot of money. Real estate just happens to be the easiest of them. Um, take it from someone who grew up poor, saw all the other situations and options out there in front of him and go, you know what? I need something that a poor person or a not totally sophisticated person, overly educated person can do uh, to retire. And I retired two and a half years after I started investing in real estate. A lot of it was my personality and previous training in other jobs I had fell right in line with what we do in real estate. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is it's pretty simple situations, more complicated nowadays than it was when I started. But still, now there's more education and information. So we can get you up and going and make sure you don't fall into the little foxholes that are, you know, fox traps or whatever you call them, little holes in the ground you fall into every once in a while. So let's go on with this guy. He says, I work a full-time job and my savings ability is currently quite meager. Hey, that makes sense. Once I buy a house on my own, my expenses will go up quite a bit. So, hey, there's the American dream. Let's go buy the house and get broke. I'm already broke. But let's go buy the home and get even broker. Have even less income. Because, guys, let me tell you something. Owning a single-family home, or any home, owning a home is an expense. Uh, there's benefits to owning your own home, but there are also massive costs. Renting is way cheaper than owning your own home. Way cheaper. No matter what anybody tells you, you go, well, I'm throwing away money. Not even real. Because when you pay interest on your home, you're throwing away money, Right. You've got equity that's not earning you anything. That's throwing away money. You're paying for mowing the yard, and if you do it yourself, your own personal life is going away, and that's, you know, a cost. You have to maintenance and repair everything in the house, right? It's just, it's not what it's cracked up to be. However, there are many self-help gurus back in the 30s and 40s Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill brings it up, says, until a man owns his own home, he's not stable. In other words, you're flying around, you're just young and dumb and full of excitement, and you are not tied down. But once you own that home and you're paying that bill every month, they got you. And what I would suggest to you is to do something different and end up with the same result with a different lifestyle. What do I mean by that? Instead of going and buying your personal residence, you're already, he says, well, I'm going to buy a home, personal home. All right, 
One of the reasons you buy a personal home first would be because you can get zero down financing or 5% down financing. If you're a VA, you get 0% down financing and or 5% financing. Your first home you buy should be a fourplex or a duplex. That way you pick up some rental properties along with your personal residence. Or if you can't do that, what I would suggest is you go out there and use our system of buying houses with hard money and don't move into the house. In fact, you don't. it's not that you're saying you will. It's just you go buy a rental house first because you can use whatever amount of money it is to accumulate to buy the rental house and get yourself income. Now you have 500 bucks a month extra income, which makes it easier for you to both save money and easier to qualify for a home. And you've made twenty-five to $50,000 instant equity. So why take and scrimp and scrape and whatever to buy a house to go broke to be even broker when you can take that whatever money you is, you're saving for that house and go buy yourself a rental property and make twenty-five dollars to $50,000 instant equity on these houses. That's what we're making right now. And then have anywhere from $200 to $500 a month in positive cash flow. That's what we're making right now. Your life is much better. Now, if you want to buy your own personal residence, it's going to be easier for you to buy it. That's what you don't understand, is that you don't lose the qualification process by buying a rental property. You increase it. You enhance it as long as there's positive cash flow. Now, if you don't have positive cash flow, now all the negative cash flow becomes expenses on your cost of living you know, equation. When you get in there, you're trying to see what your income to, to expense ratio is to qualify. And that would be negative. But if you're doing it correctly and you're making money, you're better off. And then if you can figure out how to get that second one to be a duplex or a fourplex, wow, then you're just hitting home runs. You know, in no time at all, you could have two, $3,000 a month positive cash flow as a young kid. Here's another one. Pick this one up. Hi, Dell. I finished the rehab and listed with MLS Realtor looking for a renter. Asking seventeen seventy five for a three-bedroom, two-bath at a, this address. I'm not going to give you out uh, because privacy. Checked rent comps and thought my asking price would be competitive. Should I reduce the rent so that I find a renter faster? Got low mortgage but high insurance. Uh, after cost paid, I'm going to make about $500 a month out of profit. Right. So point here is that I want to cover is that when you list your property for rent with a, with an agent, you're you're making two real mistakes. Now, I think this guy might have been an out-of-town landlord, which might be a different story, okay? But if you're not an out-of-town landlord, giving away one full month's rent and or whatever fees to manage this property is really a mistake because renting a single-family house is very easy. I'm going to tell you something that you will not believe until you come to case studies and meet the people that do what I tell you to do in the two-day about how to rent the property. But if you've remodeled the property the correct way, that doesn't mean over-remodeling it, overspending. It means just clean, functional housing the way it should be set up. Everything works. Um, you make it available to where people can see it and know that it's for rent, sign in the yard, blinds open so you can look in the house and see what it looks like. You put that sign in the yard, and if the rent on that sign is the right price, 
your phone will ring off the hook. Now, I've rented houses for 20 years out of my whatever I've been doing. No, I have 34. I'd say I've rented 10, 15 years. About half of my time I did single family and I did multifamily. Um, these houses rented instantly. Sometimes I would have them rented before the end of the day. It all comes down to this. There are very few specific single-family rental houses that are, A, clean and functional, and B, available at the moment they're looking for a house. It's not like an apartment where there's 20 apartment complexes on the street within two miles of you, and each one of them has 20 units waiting to be rented. There's only one rent house like yours. And if it's not getting rented, one of two, one of three things are occurring. If it doesn't rent instantly, one of three things are occurring. Number one, the place is garbage. I've walked into people's places. I saw they did nothing. They, it's just a wreck. Dirty, stinky, broken stuff. People don't want to rent, live there. Now, who will rent from you when you have that kind of a house? Purple Martians. People who are dirty, stinky, People that break everything don't care if they rent a dirty, stinky house that everything's broken. Because why? Because they're just going to make it that way anyway. That's the way they live. So you don't want that to happen, right? And if you've got a house that nobody ever wants, you don't get 10 phone calls from, and somebody comes up and says, I'll take that, you got a problem. You need to think that through. Number two, the second reason they won't take it is because the price is too high. Your sign, the ad, whatever you're using to get it out there, people can tell that what you don't realize is, is that you looked on MLS and you picked out properties that you thought were relevant to what you had. Now, if you really know what you're doing, that can be functional, very functional. The challenge is you don't know because you don't know what subdivision Compared to what subdivision, it's got to be in the same subdivision to be a comparable. It's got to be the same age house. You know, if you got one half the subdivision built and they're all brand new and the other half is, you know, 30-year-old houses, they're not the same comps. You have to know the size and you have to know the condition of the house to see if it's comparable. And if you don't know all that, then you're at risk. Now, the more what puts you at more risk is letting a real estate agent lease your house because they sold you the house. That's the worst. Because they sold you the house and you made the decision based on an assumption that the house would rent for the number they gave you up front. Now they put it on the market. They really don't get paid anything to lease a house. They make way more money selling you the house than they did leasing it for you. So it's not a priority for them. And they'll give you the price, the high price, because that makes you feel good about what you paid for the house that you just purchased from them. And many times these houses won't rent because the price is wrong. Now, the third reason houses don't rent is because they can't get to you. People need houses, rent houses. They need to be able to make life decisions. Most people who rent have a job, they work, or at least you want them to have a job and work. They're busy, and they don't have time to go look at 20 or 30 or 40 different houses only to get there and find out that they're garbage, number one, or two, that they're gone the second they show up. And this happens all the time. So if somebody calls you and says, I'm really interested in your house, you go, well, let me see. Today is Monday. I can maybe show it to you on Saturday. 
These people have already rented from somebody else. They can't wait to Saturday to make a decision. People do not make long-term decisions. Now, good tenants have to give 30 days notice somewhere. So they've got a window. They've got to know they can get something to give that notice because they're going to have to move out. They're being squeezed out the other end. And so they've got to know that they can get to these properties. So if you are not available or somebody is not available to get them the, the information they need. And I'll tell you what, I've leased houses without people walking through them. Why? Because I left the blinds open. You could look in. Why? I had pictures of everything inside, all the remodeling. I even had put pictures, pictures up on the Internet. Um, and we do this for apartments. That's where I learned this. In apartments, we don't even show them units. We show them pictures of the units and say, we have one this size available in this model. If you want one, sign up. And they sign up over the Internet. They've never seen the unit. That's the difference, my friend. Those three issues. So, if you're having a problem leasing your property, it might be price, it might be condition, it might be availability. Have a great day, and remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.